We walk through the Christmas season steeped in happiness. Under warm, glowing lights, gifts wrapped and labeled, pies and cookies prepared. But if we peer through all the extravaganza, we'll hear the soft cry of a shivering baby and feel the prick of divine joy. Our homes and streets are lit with ornaments of the season, but Jesus came to light up our souls. We long for joy every single day of the year, the kind of joy that still lingers when there's no light, when the gifts from the world have stopped and the music just sounds like noise. God gave us an unexpected joy that fills empty spaces and is easy to find if we're willing to look. It's a joy that crosses boundaries and breaks down walls, that finds the lonely on hilltops and the curious in faraway lands. It delights in arriving into unexpected places and circumstances, like a manger in a little town called Bethlehem. Let me, Lord, spread that kind of joy to the world. Amen. He's doing pretty good in life. She's got a great husband, three kids. Things are going pretty well. Her weekdays could be summed up with one word, busy. She gets up, gets the kids off to school only to head off to work herself, and you know, she enjoys work. She's got a pretty good job. I mean, sure, it's got its days, but I mean, whose job doesn't, right? Her evenings aren't much better. She gets home and rushes to make dinner, but there are soccer practices to go to, dance rehearsals, and band recitals to attend. She hopes and hopes that she can just get 30 minutes at the end of the day to watch some Netflix and maybe down some fudge chocolate ice cream. Mm. Weekends aren't much better. There's houses to clean, laundry to do, groceries to go buy. In between league play and sports games that you've got to go to, and maybe we can squeeze in a little bit of time uh, with my honey, and we can go on a date, or you know what, there's always something to do with friends. Weekends can be just as busy. But that's Stephanie's life. It's busy. And you know what? She's happy. She's actually happy. Her and her husband pay the bill, or her and her husband pays the bills. They got two cars in the driveway, live in a pretty nice house. They've got their health. Things are going okay. But let's ask a question today, if I can. Is it possible for you to be perfectly happy, but still be lacking in joy? Is it possible to be happy and not have a life of joy? Because I don't think Stephanie's all that different. I mean, fill in the blanks with your own situation, but I think there's a lot of people out there. They're paying the bills. They're getting it done. I mean, sure, life has its ups and downs, but by and large, things aren't that bad. And at the Christmas season, and we've often asked when we talk about joy, it's the subject's calling like, can I have joy in the midst of sorrow? That's sort of the way we tend to go. But this year, I want to look at it a little differently. 
Can you have joy in the midst of happiness? Have you ever thought about that? One point of clarity, though, before we go forward, and we're going to go fast today, so hang tight. There's nothing wrong with happiness. There's nothing wrong with comfort or plenty. Not here to talk about those sorts of things in a negative light. Just what we're going to learn today is that happiness and comfort don't always lead to joy. You have to have joy to experience happiness and comfort. And all too often we put the cart before the horse. So let's dive in today. Uh, I've had some folks uh, recently, they're like, hey, you haven't really done too many fill-ins here, Jason. I love it when you do fill-ins. So if that's you, man, you are here on the right Sunday. Um, <laughs> hang on for the ride, because we are going to go fast and furious. In fact, I'm going to encourage everybody, pull out your worship guide, and on the back, we've got some fill-ins. Because I'm going to go fast, I want you to actually fill them in, because I'm asking you to go this week to spend some quiet time with God and reflect on these on your own time. If you don't have one, Sadie's in the back ready to give you one, so you just raise your hand and she'll bring one over to you. There should be pens in the chair. And uh, let's dive in and let's get going. The first thing I want to talk to you about are what I call joy killers. These are things that you can guarantee will kill your joy, especially during the holiday season. So what's the first joy killer we want to talk about today? Well, we were kind of talking about it with Stephanie's life, busyness. Busyness is a joy killer. You can get busy, you can get wrapped up in what I call the tyranny of the urgent, just going to fight the next fire, that in that process you forget to rest in Christ. And the Bible reminds us, abide in me and I abide in you. See, in the hurry we can forget to read our Bibles and pray and just spend time basking in Christ. How about you? Are you busy this holiday season? Next one's even a little bit tougher. Entitlement is the next one. Entitlement's all about what's owed to me, what I deserve and what I have coming. But how many of you know when you spend your life thinking and reflecting about what I deserve and what is owed to me, you are looking inside rather than up? Because you have to ask the difficult question, that sometimes we fail to ask when we step into entitlement, which is this. What if God has other plans for your life? So you think, I need this thing, it's owed to me, I deserve it. What if God says, no, I have another plan. I have another direction. I have another purpose for you. I need you to look to me. Entitlement will kill your joy. Third one, shame. Shame. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see a child of God who has been set free, who is forgiven, a new creation, where your sins have been forgiven as far as the east is from the west? Is that what you see when you look in the mirror? Or are you still reflecting upon your guilt, your failures, and your pains? When you look in the mirror, do you see junk? Because I need you to know this, my born-again children of God. He doesn't make junk. See yourself as he sees you, and that is an overcomer. Don't let shame kill your joy this holiday season. 
The next one, greed. Greed will get you every single time. And the whole focus of greed, if we're being honest, is about pleasure. I'm seeking pleasure and I'm on a pleasure quest in life. But like everything else, when we covet what isn't ours, we take our eyes again off of God. Because enough is never enough and we continue to try to fill a hole with things other than what only God can fill. When we're focused on greed, we lose sight of others as well in our community. Don't let greed take away your joy this holiday season. The next one, complacency. Another word for that could very easily be apathy. You just grow numb. You can no longer feel or see. And it's interesting. You know, it's interesting. You know what the opposite of love is? Oftentimes people say it's hate, but it's not. Hate is not the opposite of love. See, hate is still a feeling. You still feel something. The opposite of love is when you stop feeling and you go numb and you no longer care. Don't let yourself go down those roads. It will steal your joy. The next one, control. Know any controllers in your life? That's people who like to manipulate and massage their circumstances to get their own desired outcome. Controllers see other people as pawns in their chess game of life. And I'll let you in on a secret. Nobody wants to feel like a pawn in your chess game. And so they resist, which only makes the controller dig even deeper and control even more. Control is a cycle, a vicious one that we get trapped into. But how many of you have learned control is an illusion? And at the heart of control, if we're being really honest with each other, is a lack of trust for God in the circumstances. We're so busy trying to make them what we want them to be, we don't ask God, what does he want in this situation? The next one, bitterness. This might be the biggest joy killer of them all. And at the root of bitterness is this, a lack of forgiveness. Is there someone in your life you need to forgive. Because if you don't, bitterness will take you down roads of cynicism, anger, revenge, and retaliation. And none of those fit well with joy. Is there someone in your life you need to forgive this holiday season? Because your lack of forgiveness is robbing you of joy. And the last one is this, regret. Regret in many ways involves many of the other ones we've already mentioned, but it adds to it the whole idea of lack of contentment. Do you lack contentment in your life? There's just an uneasiness in your life. And you have to ask yourself, what's the root of that? Overall, you're just sort of dissatisfied with your circumstances. And you do, you gotta dig deep in that one and ask, where does that come from? Is that coming from above or from below? 
That's my short list. And you might ask, well, Jason, are, are there other joy killers out there? And I'd be like, yeah, I mean, some quick ones right away that'll get us in trouble. I would think social media can get us there. Politics can get us there. 24-hour news can get us there real quickly. But this is at least a starting point to reflect upon it this week. Now I want to move real quick and just kind of talk about what's the difference then between happiness and joy? I think there's probably a need for clarity on that. And so the first thing I want to tell you is this. Happiness is a feeling. Okay? Joy is contentment. And because happiness is a feeling, most of us know that sometimes those feelings run out. Sometimes those feelings aren't there. And when you base an entire relationship on happiness alone, when the happiness and the feeling and the emotion runs out, people walk away. We're called to be content. And contentment means I will rest in God's love and compassion in any situation. And contentment allows us to be thankful in moments that are difficult so that we can weather and endure the storm. Are you seeking happiness or contentment in your life? The next thing is joy leads to happiness, but happiness doesn't always lead to joy. We already talked about that a little bit. But just to be clear, to really experience genuine happiness in your life, it begins with joy. See, happiness still, because of pleasure, it's, it's satisfying my wants, needs, and desires, right? At its core, that's what happiness is. It's focused on me. I want to satisfy my wants, needs, and desires. But joy is built upon something else. And what is that? Well, it's our next fill-in. The search for happiness focuses on us, but joy focuses on Are you focused on you, or are you focused on Jesus? Which is it this holiday season? The next one is joy is not the absence of sorrow. It's being in the presence of Christ. See, when we understand that joy is resting in the arms of Jesus every single day, then you understand that that is regardless of what your circumstances are. See, the entire, entire series that we're in is God with us, and that's the promise of this child, Christ with us. And what that means is this, whether it's a good season or a difficult one, Jesus is with us. And when you grasp onto that idea that it's not a feeling, it's not an emotion, it's that Christ is with us, then you realize that you can make it through any situation through Jesus Christ. Amen? Christ is with us. For that reason, we need to remember that happiness is a perception, but joy is a discipline. 
we've talked about discipline before. I've often used the analogy. I said, listen, if you want to run a race, you got to get out of bed. You got to put the shoes on. You got to go for a run. You don't just wake up and go win a race. And I know how this plays out in my house, too. Because I always look to my wife and I pick on her and go, let's go work out. And her first answer isn't always, praise the Lord, I love you, Jason. But I always say something after that, and it drives her bananas. What is it? Me later. There it is. <laughs> You'll thank me later. No, I'm not waiting, because you know what happens? We go to the gym, we work out, and inevitably, in many different times as we walk out the door, what does she say? Thank you for making me go. Thank you. When she chooses to go, she is grateful in the blessing on that. Joy is a choice. It's not an emotion. You choose to live a life of joy. It is a discipline, and it's like a muscle. You have to flex it and work it out in your life. You have to choose to do joy. Why? You'll thank me later. That's all we have to say about that. <laughs> all right. Finally, though, I'm not going to assume we all have a, a working definition of joy, so let's just tackle that one right now. What is joy? Well, to do that, I need to rip apart two or three Greek words for a moment, and I get it. There's always something like, oh, boy, here we go. You know, but we do sometimes have to look at the original words to understand what the writer was saying to the audience he was talking to. The first word is the Greek word for uh, joy, which is kara. We see it more than 60 times in the New Testament. In fact, in our nativity story, or, or if you've watched the Charlie Brown Christmas special at any point, you, you know some of the famous words of, of Linus covered this. In, in Luke chapter 2.10, he said, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That's that root Greek word right there written into the story of Jesus. He brings joy but as we tear apart the word joy in the Greek, we see that it's based upon two other Greek words that come together to make this word joy. And the first one is kairo, which means to rejoice. And the next one is karis, which means grace. And if you take nothing away today, pay attention to me right now, please. You want to know what joy is from a biblical standpoint. It is this. Joy is rejoicing in God's grace. It's rejoicing in God's grace. And let me ask you something. How different would your life be if every moment of your life was spent and every conversation you had reflecting upon the thankfulness you have of God's grace, how would that change your life if every moment of your day you rejoiced in God's grace above all else? 
in the good times and the bad, you rejoice in God's grace. How would that change the way you see life? How would that change how you engage others? How would that change your perception of all things to just bask in, marinate in, live in the reality that joy is rejoicing in God's grace? My only goal today is to awaken you. Because I have a feeling like Stephanie in our story we open with, there's a lot of people doing life, busy, getting it done, doing okay. And they may be happy, but they're not experiencing joy. And I want you to experience the joy of Christ. And so I leave you with four final reminders. Number one, don't let distractions keep you from experiencing joy. You got to stop yourself. You got to hit the pause button sometimes. You say, I don't have time. You don't have time not to. You need joy in your life. You got to stop sometimes. Number two, please don't settle for happiness. Don't stop there. It's not enough. And again, it's an emotion, it's a feeling, it's a perception, and it will betray you when it goes away. You're going to need something more than an emotion and a feeling to get you through the difficult times of life. You're going to need a strong foundation. You will need to rejoice in God's grace in all things. Number three, joy comes when we surrender to God. You may be out there and you have never taken a step of faith to say, I surrender my will and my way to Jesus Christ. And, and I'm just going to say this as bluntly as I can say it. You might be happy, but if you want to experience biblical joy, it only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't manufacture it. It isn't make it or fake it till you make it. It, it isn't something you just find. It comes through being transformed through the power of Jesus Christ. And in that transformation power, he takes the old you, he kills it off, and he builds a new you, a new you filled with joy because you will rejoice in his grace in all that you do. If you have not taken that step this season to become a follower of Jesus Christ, today is the day. And the last one is this. As we've said, it is the result of a relationship with Jesus. That's where true joy comes from. Do you know him? At its core, joy is built on trust. It's believing that God is working even when I'm not feeling it. Even when I maybe can't see it. We trust that God is at work bringing all things to good no matter the emotions and feelings and circumstances. We trust him in that. And so therefore, like most things in the Bible, joy is a gift. But it is a gift you have to protect. And it is a gift that requires discipline. Choose 
to be joyful. Choose to be joyful. Rejoice in God's grace in all things, whether good or bad. Let's pray. Lord, may we be a church that chooses to be joyful. Why? Because you chose to send your son. Because you chose to provide redemption. You chose to love us even when we didn't love you. We thank you for the gift of joy, but Lord, help us to protect it. Help us to use it with discipline. Help us to walk out of here, Lord, and understand the difference between happiness and joy today so that we can live a life of joy in everything we do. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. I celebrate you in your name. Am I on? There we go. Radiant, you did it again. You do this thing, this congregation here, sometimes, and you get me. Singing Agnes Day, I'm standing in the back, all of a sudden my face feels wet. Yes, your pastor cries, okay? Yeah. So if my mascara is running later, mind your business. But you got me because joy is a participatory sport and singing holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty worthy is the lamb with my people brings me joy this is special you bring me joy One of my favorite things about an incredible community like this is participating in joy with one another. another. As we mentioned earlier, as Jason was talking, joy is a discipline. And isn't it so much easier and more fun (laughs) practicing these things with other people? If you go to the gym, wouldn't you rather be with a friend? If you're walking through a season of accountability, wouldn't you rather do it with somebody that you love? Joy is a discipline. It is a participatory sport, and it's better to do it together. And every week in my small group, we have the privilege of sharing a meal together. It's something that we all cherish and we enjoy doing. And when we share this meal together, we go around and we share these things called pows and wows, okay? A pow and a wow, a pow is something that happened during your week that wasn't that great. And a wow is something that happened during your week that brought you joy. And when I tell you we sit in our small group and we are shoving our face full of nachos or whatever else we're eating, and we are literally cheering for one another when we talk about these wows. We're clapping and we're exciting and we're laughing and we're smiling because we're participating in joy with one another and it's awesome it's awesome we're praising God for the work that he is doing in each other's lives and praise God because it is his handiwork amen amen he is God and we are not and he is working in his church amen he is working in this place 
It's a beautiful example of Philippians 4.4, which says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Today, as a church body, we're going to celebrate some wows together. And I'm really, really looking forward to this. Um, this past year has been full of joy. <laughs> So many incredible moments. We were talking with the staff and the board. We were talking about all these moments, and I was like, how do I narrow this down? We're going to be here till 4. <laughs> it's been an incredible year, and God has been working in these places. And, and these moments of joy, they range in all sorts of things, big moments, smaller moments, funny inside jokes, so many things that we have gotten to participate in together as a family chasing after joy not settling for happiness. Christ's kingdom was never, ever, ever, ever once about settling. We've been chasing joy together. Now, as we've said, joy is a participatory sport. So if you, like my small group, would like to cheer or clap when we read aloud and talk about these moments, you're welcome to do that. This space is open for that. If you would like to sit and just bask in God's goodness, and how he's worked in this year, you're welcome to do that as well. We've witnessed some incredible things this year at Radiant Church. So here are some of our top joy-filled moments. We're going to kick it back to February, early February. We had a game night. Anybody remember that? Yeah? Oh, yeah? Anybody remember my mom tackling David Willie to the ground in the game of spoons? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That was a super fun game night. But what you may not have known is we had testimonies from people saying, I really struggle with seasonal depression. And getting out of the house and being in a community that celebrates the love of Jesus together in some of the darkest months was so important to me. What? I was eating nachos and playing Atari. <laughs> and people were experiencing God's love. Come on. Move forward to April. We were blessed to celebrate the women's if gathering. Who enjoyed that? I know I did. Come on. Come on. At this IF gathering, over 60 women got to gear up and prepare for a year of discipleship. And have we not seen the effects of that? Come on, these ladies are on fire. Moving on in April, over the Easter weekend and the weekend before, we would celebrate seven people taking a deeper dive in their faith and getting baptized. Come on, come on. And this year, between our campuses, we rhymed out that number with 15 baptisms this year. Come on. Come on. God is so good. God is so good. In June, we got to pray over and send out seven high school seniors and see what God had next to them. And a couple of them are still here today, and we're pretty excited about that. And they are going forth and being a light in their community. Amen. Come on. Come on. Hey, in July, we had that small group mixer, and we uh, demolished that slip and slide at Sue and Dwayne's. Hey, is that Gil? Is that Gil? <laughs> that was so much fun, and our small group was uh, the best small group in the Olympics. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That was so good. In August, we had the opportunity to be a light in the community. God gave us the opportunity to fill 200 backpacks full of school supplies and give away free haircuts. That was awesome. Of course, we can't forget in August, we also celebrated J-Dog's 50th birthday. Come on. Come on. He's in Ankeny now, so he doesn't know that I have that picture up. 
Uh, yeah, that's a wheelchair. Um, in September, our youth group decided to take a small group approach. And because of this, they get to share meals together. They get to dive in on a smaller level. And did you know that once a month, they go to schools in the greater Des Moines area and they pray over the faculty and the staff and the students? Come on. Come on. In October, God blessed us yet again, and we were given three fresh interns this year. Come on, come on. These guys love Jesus. They're passionate about Jesus. They're passionate about his name spreading like wildfire in this community. And they may not know this, but I'm excited to see these three plant churches. Come on, come on. Throughout the year, we've gotten to study the Bible in a year together, and that has been such a blessing. I have heard so many people say, I've gotten to dive into God's word more this year than I have my entire life. That's been such a blessing. And I have one more big moment that I'm going to share with you this morning, okay? But first, there's something with this. It's been an incredible year. And we get to celebrate these moments together. And I know that there are moments in your life that I want to celebrate with you. So I'm going to give you permission to take out your phone real quick. Take out your phone. And I want you to put this number in, and I want you to text. I should have put up a slide, but I forgot. I'm sorry. 515-265-0560. Again, it's 515-265-0560. 0560, and I want to hear your joy-filled moments, and we're going to celebrate those as a church body next week, okay? Because these are incredible moments to celebrate, but I know that you have moments too. I know there was work being done in small groups. I know there was work being done in your families. I know there were chains being broken. I know walls were falling down in the name of Jesus, and I want to hear about it. I want to celebrate with you. So will you text us your moments this year? This could be, I got a promotion at work. Praise God. This could be I got married. Come on. This could be I had a baby or I got pregnant. This could be any joyful moment from your year. Please text us. We want to hear about it and we want to celebrate with you next week. I love participating in joy with you, Radiant Church. All right. I've got one more big joyful moment. Are you guys ready? All right. So last week, we had a financial update from Ben and Jason. They had mentioned that we had raised a little over $6,700 for Jericho, but we were still counting. Oh, my heart's beating so fast. We were still counting that number. Can I get a drum roll, please? This year for Jericho Outreach Ministries, we raised $10,645. <laughs> love participating in joy with you. God is doing a mighty work in this place, and please let me tell you, I'm not up here saying yay radiant. I do love my church. It's really neat. Please invite your friends. But praise God. Psalm 113, 1 through 6 says this. It says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. Amen. Come on. 
From the rising of the sun to the setting place where it sets, the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Radiant Church. I love participating in joy with you. This year is not over yet. We have more joy to participate in with together.